You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook where we post all of our podcast content. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that at 920-341-3775. Five, and it is crossover Wednesday. So Brad Bear Motter, I said Mater yesterday. I apologize to him. Motter, not Mater. Hello, Motter. Hello, Fodder. No, okay. Uh, from Locked On Rams is on the show today for Crossover Wednesday. Before we get to that conversation, though, I want to get to two things. The first is um, about injuries. The Packers on Tuesday had a practice uh, where everyone except Aaron Rodgers participated. And as Ryan Wood um, from Packers News astutely pointed out, Rodgers is going to play on Sunday. So there's really no no reason to get too concerned. He's probably going to practice today, which is going to be a padded practice. He's going to practice again uh, before uh, the, the, the game on Sunday. So... This is not something to be concerned about. The big takeaway injury-wise should be everyone else is healthy, and that is enormous for this defense with Jair Alexander getting back, Bashad Breeland getting his opportunity to contribute to this team. It makes Mike Patton very um, multiple and adaptive in the way that he can deploy his personnel. That means hopefully Josh Jones, Jermaine Whitehead, those guys are getting back to full health. And, and maybe we'll actually see Josh Jones on the field. That would be uh, a welcome change. Uh, but that also means Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb are also back on the field. Uh, Jason Spriggs returned to the practice field. Hopefully he doesn't have to play, but it is a nice backup plan knowing that if, if there is an injury or even just a possession where someone needs to go out, he can be in there. Justin McCray, by all accounts, was back on the field. Whether or not he's going to start over Byron Bell right now is a question. That's not something that I want to parse at the moment, but I just I wanted to, to have that all out there and just let everyone know um, where the injuries stood with the Green Bay Packers. This is the healthiest they will have been basically since week one. And against the best team in football, that is huge. But before we get to our crossover part of Crossover Wednesday, I want to answer this question on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Hey, Peter, do you think the emergence of the rookie receivers, especially MVS and the Cooper trade, Goody will be looking to be moving Cobb to shed cap space and get value for him before it's too late? Muhammad in Milwaukee. I wanted to answer this question in particular today because I've got a lot of tweets, a lot of notes on the Locked on Packers fan hotline about potential trade scenarios. So let's start here. Um, I, I don't think Cobb has any value before the trade deadline. That is in a week. 
and there it just there is not time for him to recuperate his value. I said before the season, okay, that I got questions, should they trade Cobb, should they trade Allison? And I said no. And the reason was pretty simple. They can't afford to trade any of those guys because Devontae Adams is the only guy on this team that Aaron Rodgers trusts. Well, it's pretty clear Geronimo Allison has earned that trust. He was the leading receiver through two weeks before he got hurt. So, uh, you know, he clearly is a legitimate playmaker for this team. And we've seen what Marquez Valdez-Scantling has become. We've seen flashes from Equinemius St. Brown. And I think most importantly, the Packers have done a great job incorporating Jimmy Graham into this offense. He is quietly on pace to have a really solid season, and it's not something that I think has gotten enough publicity in Packer circles. There just isn't time to trade Cobb with his injury problems. If he hadn't pooped the bed against Washington and had played the last two weeks, maybe he would have value. And I don't think it would be crazy to say this is a guy in the last year of his contract. He's still young enough that he could be desirable for a team that thinks they're you know, an extra receiver away. And maybe you use him in a trade for someone else. I don't know, but it just is not going to work now. The other part of this is the trade deadline writ large. And there just isn't, there isn't enough information out there. I was just having this conversation with a friend um, who asked me if I thought the Packers were going to do anything before the deadline And it's so, the thing about the trade deadline in the NFL, it is not like the NBA where there is so much chatter and and these discussions are sort of had out in the open where it's like, okay, the Minnesota Timberwolves are talking to the Miami Heat and there are these other four teams interested in Jimmy Butler and a trade is going to happen. We found out Amari Cooper was on the block and like three days later he got traded. That is relatively uncommon in the NFL. Those kinds of things, so-and-so is on the block, That those things, number one, don't always come out, and number two, rarely get acted on. And the Khalil Mack deal was a unique situation. The Amari Cooper deal is a unique situation because of the actor involved, and that is John Gruden. Could Carl Joseph become available? Could he be had in Oakland? Sure. Could Derek Carr become available? I think absolutely if if there was the right package for him. Beyond that, it is so hard to predict who could be out there, who could be available, and who Green Bay, for example, could go get. I keep hearing they need a pass rusher, they need a pass rusher. Okay, I agree. We talked about it yesterday with Andy Herman, except who were they going to get? Pass rushers are the second most valuable commodity for most teams. They don't just give them up, and they don't just grow on trees. The Bears had to give up a lot and then pay a lot for Khalil Mack. So who is gonna who is Green Bay going to get for a relatively reasonable price that a team is willing to part with? That's not a long list of guys. And so just be like, just to say, snap your fingers and there's a guy that they can get, there has to be someone to get. There has to be a team willing to trade their guy. And short of knowing that that is the case, and right now we don't know of any impact pass rushers who are on the block, I think it it might be worth 
making a phone call to Houston. Jadavion Clowney's in the last year of his contract. If they don't want to pay him, maybe they're willing to deal for him. Green Bay would have to give him probably a max-sized deal, but Jadavion Clowney would fix a lot of problems for this defense. I don't want to get anyone worked up because that's very unlikely to happen. Houston has the cap space in the offseason to sign him, and they're now winning their division. The Jaguars look like they might be in a tailspin. I just, like that kind of outside-the-box thinking, that could be going on behind the scenes and we don't know about it. So I don't want to poo-poo it too much. I just don't think anyone should get worked up that Patrick Peterson or someone like that is likely to be on the move and certainly not likely to be on the move to Green Bay. We're going to get to our conversation for Crossover Wednesday in just a second, but first let me tell you about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. They'll help fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. Vivid Seats offers great prices and easy purchasing experiences. With the podcast code Locked On, listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if they're first-time customers of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app and enter promo code Locked On to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite event. All right, let's get to Crossover Wednesday. He is Brad Bear Modder. You can follow him on Twitter at LA underscore Ram Bling. Get it? R-A-M. Bling Bear. Rambling Bear. He is the co-host of Rams Podcast and the host of of Locked on Rams. Barrett, it is great to be with you on our crossover Wednesday. And this is, I think, a matchup that everyone is looking forward to in the NFL world. The Green Bay Packers come in 3-2-1. and one. Uh, Probably should be 4-2 and two, uh, based on the, the egregious Clay Matthews call in the Vikings game. But it is still Aaron Rodgers against Jared Goff. It is still the 7-0 and Rams against the team that insists it is a Super Bowl contender. We're going to find out on Sunday... Where do you see this Rams team seven weeks into the season? And are, are you already hearing whispers about 16-0, and 19-0, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's funny you ask that because the whispers really have picked up this last week. I mean, there was talks and excitement about getting to 5-0 and and 6-0 and and talking about historic Rams teams. And then you get to 7-0 and and you start to see the end of that light down there and you start to kind of come up with that undefeated and it's tough because you don't want to get ahead of yourself because the green Bay Packers are coming into town with Aaron Rodgers, And this is one that we circled at the beginning of the year when we saw the schedule and we said, Oh man, we get Aaron Rodgers out here in LA. It's like the cow bowl of the former cow quarterbacks. It's going to be a great game. I'll tell you right now, we do feel a lot more confident at this point in the season than we did when that schedule came out and we're trying mm-hmm. to pick wins and losses and things like that and predict the schedule. And all of a sudden we go on this this massive run and, you know, we've seen the Packers show some weaknesses that we haven't seen in the you know past couple of years. But Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. So as long as he is out there, um, it will be a game. But it's kind of interesting. This is I know it's been talked about a lot this week. You probably mentioned it on your podcast, but the biggest point spread 
uh, in his career that he's coming into in the regular season. It's now I've checked on my bookie. It's it's minus nine. The Rams are favored by nine at home. Uh, I don't think that really does anything to Aaron Rodgers. But what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think if anything, a guy who has a Michael Jordan-esque way of manufacturing and amplifying slights over the course of his career. I mean, this is someone that can name every player taken ahead of him, uh, you know, in that in that fateful draft. Uh, that is that is something that I do think will motivate Aaron Rodgers. Now, you you go back and you look at some of those games where he has been a big underdog. Uh, the Packers have lost most of those games. And it's because they've been playing on the road against really good teams. There have been some extenuating circumstances in some of those games against the Cardinals, for example, in 2015. Um, he he basically had none of his players on offense. I mean, that was a right. ske- that was a skeleton team. Um, the the injury report that we have at this point suggests this is going to be the healthiest Packers team that they've had basically since Week One or at the very least since the second half of week one when Aaron Rodgers came out post-injury and most of the rest of the team was healthy and they really put it to the Bears in the second half of that game. But if if you're the Packers looking at this game, I think that the thing that you're going to look at is uh, the offense is what really has not been what we thought it would be, at least scoring points. And if they can be, they can absolutely be in this game with the Rams because if you look non-C.J. Beathard edition, the last three teams that the Rams have played with that that have like average to above average starting quarterbacks, they've been one score games. So, you know, I think Green Bay has to feel good about that. Um, I think the questions are going to come. Can they stop t- Gurley? Can they block Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald? I don't know what the answers to those. I don't know if Green Bay knows the answers to those questions. But right. <laughs> um, if you're the Rams and and Green Bay is coming in, if there's something that you that you know you're looking at and saying this is where I think the Rams can really take advantage and will attack Green Bay, whether it's offensively or defensively, where is that? Yeah, I mean, I think you want to continue to work the ground game with Todd Gurley. I mean, the man is a touchdown monster. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Goff at home this season's looked really good throwing the ball down the field. I uh, mentioned yesterday on the podcast that he's in the top three as far as completions, 20 or more yards down the field. So I think they're going to try to continue to stretch the ball as we've seen that the Packers can give up some points. And they've been in a couple shootouts and putting Aaron Rodgers in that position to throw the ball a lot. You know, I saw something that... Uh, Aaron Rodgers has five straight games of 40 passing attempts or more, uh, which is a lot. And that's coming into a team as far as the Rams that have been known to give up uh, some yards on the ground. That's kind of been one of our weak spots, even though we're a little banged up in secondary. uh, You know, we really turned it up against the 49ers last week. But I think uh, sticking to the offense, it's just kind of one of those things with this with this team is like just go score 35 points. And I know it sounds crazy to say. Um, but with Sean McVay in this offense, he's done it more than he hasn't done it <laughs> since he's been here in right. L.A. And when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers coming in that can come back from, you know, you talked about that Bears game, but coming back from halftime and what were they down, 20 points, something like that, something ridiculous. Yeah, and he 17. does it all the time. Yeah, 17 points, and, and it's not out of reach. So it's one of those games where you just have to look at your offense and go, no matter how our defense is playing and what they can do to stop the run or contain Aaron Rodgers or whatever it may be, you just have to keep scoring points. And last week, we kicked a lot of field goals. Greg Zerline is back, which is exciting for everyone in Rams Nation. And he had a perfect day. But 
at the end of the day, we, we'd rather we, – we want him hanging out with Johnny Hecker on the sideline, not punting and not kicking field goals and having him come in and just kick extra points. So I think that's going to be another big point for us is converting when we get close because Aaron Rodgers is not a guy you want to kick field goals against. I think you're going to see the Packers try and be balanced, at least early in the game, make this a, you know, a game where each team only gets six, seven, eight possessions. And say, okay, Rams, be the efficient, ultra-efficient team you are because we're not going to give you three and outs. And both teams are uh, among the best in football. The Rams are number one, and Green Bay, I believe, is number three in avoiding three and outs. Right. So I think what you're going to see is a lot of drives, a lot of long-ish drives, and you're going to see a lot of points. This is is 100% a take-the-over game. Right. Um, if you're if you're looking at uh, the Rams team though, as Green Bay comes in, is there an area? I mean, obviously they're seven and zero. They're scoring at will, seemingly. But is there an area where you're where you would be nervous with Green Bay coming in? I mean, potentially aside from the fact that Aaron Rodgers is coming to town, or is that the big factor here? Yeah, it's tough to overlook Aaron Rodgers and find another factor. But if we take him out of the equation, because that kind of is the hands down. Uh, no-brainer answer anytime the Packers come to town anywhere is how do you stop that man? Because like we mentioned earlier, even when you guys are down a bunch, he's still there. <laughs> even, right. even when you think he's out of the game, he's still there, uh, which is kind of crazy about him. Uh, but I think it goes back to that that attack on the ground that you talked about, that you guys are very capable, but it's just finding that groove on your side to give them a flow. You talked about everyone having different drives and not being able to really get into a rhythm I think that is important and you mentioned you know New England Patriots I think they're very good at that and I think he's been doing that for a long long time so he's got a really good system of how to even get them the ball through the air but I think our big nervous thing is is outside of Aaron Rodgers is the ground game it will be for a couple weeks until we can prove um, you know week after week that we can stop that I think Aaron Donald is finally coming to his own on the run game he had his best run defensive game of his career last game uh, Sue's been pitching in. Brockers has done great up there as well. And then we've got guys like Corey Littleton, who's just flying around everywhere, even on special teams, coming up and helping out. But I think if we can stop the run game and make it one-dimensional and, and where it is Aaron Rodgers has to throw another 40 times, um, you know, we would hope that with pressure and Aaron Rodgers trying to extend a play, that our defense can make some plays and win that turnover battle. And, and you mentioned as far as the time of possession and, and you know, not getting three and outs and things like that. The Rams are undefeated in the Sean McVay era when they win the time of possession battle. So again, that is always something that we look to is controlling the game, whether that is that, you know, nine play eight, nine minute drive. But the thing with our offense is we can also have those four plays minute and a half drive when we score really fast. So I think it's about controlling the game at home. If it is going to be a shootout, make sure we have the ball last uh, and also take care of time of possession. We'll get back to our conversation with Baron just a second, but before we do, I want to tell you a little bit about Loki. If you're new to the show, Loki is also relatively new to the show, so maybe you haven't heard me talk to you about what Loki is. But if you've watched the Packers, you've already seen what Loki is. Have you noticed those bracelets on the on the wrists of Packer players? They're little beaded bracelets in green and gold. Those are Loki bracelets, part of the new game day collection from Loki. And the thing about those bracelets, and they're really cool and they look great if you're a fan or a player or you want to be a fan that looks like a player. Um, you can do that, but it's about more than just that game day swag. It's about 
balance. And the reason is, and the thing that makes Lokai really unique is it holds water from Mount Everest, the highest point on earth. This is serious now. And mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on earth. And it's a daily reminder to keep balance in your life between the highs and the lows. And since Lokai are friends of the show, they're offering you an exclusive discount on all game day collection bracelets. There are fakes out there. Don't be fooled. Get the authentic article at Lokai when you use the promo code PACKERS25 to get 25% off. Go to Lokai.com and use the promo code PACKERS25 to take advantage of this amazing deal. All right, back to Bear. Despite the fact that that the Rams boast, you know, according to ESPN's uh, next-gen stats, the best pass-blocking duo in football on the offensive line, Green Bay has had the best blitz package in the league. And so, you know, I, I think the goal is going to be if they can get stops on first and second down and you're making the Rams play third and eight, third and ten, even third and six plus, that is when Mike Pettin really shines. And being able to confuse Goff, who was able to play mostly downhill most of his his season and most of his season last year. Right. If you can get him into some of those longer situations, maybe you can still confuse him um, and scheme guys free because that's what Mike Pettin has done all year. How do you get to that point if you can't stop the run? I don't know. <laughs> um, right. I think that'll that's going to be the task that Green Bay has this week. Uh, when you look at at uh, you know this defense with with the Rams offense, I mean, do, do you think it's the kind of game? I mean, Green Bay, a bottom five team to stopping the run um, by DVOA, uh, is that something where you think this could be a twenty five thirty carry Todd Gurley game? Yeah, we talked about that going into Denver too. They they're uh, you know kind of near the bottom. It was cold weather. And coming into the game, we just kind of had this feeling it was going to be a Todd Gurley show. He only had 15 carries, I believe, this last game. And that's what I love about Sean McVay is when you have a stud MVP candidate like that, obviously still getting the touchdowns, but it's tempting to not just turn around and hand the ball all the time. But you talked about how they are so balanced. And I got to give Sean McVay so much credit for that because, one, uh, you're creating really tough on the defense to try to figure out what's coming. And then, two, if you look long term with this, Todd Gurley's going to, you know, get to the end of the season. He, he leads the league in yards right now, but he's going to be healthy. He's going to have some fuel left in the tank. They're not overusing him, but it kind of sets up a game like this to where you look at it and go, okay, well, they're at bottom five as far as rush goes. Uh, let's lean on him a little bit more at home. We talked about this could potentially be a shootout. Just as much as you guys want to keep the ball out of our offense hand, it's the same going back to Aaron Rodgers, right? So, I could see that where McVay comes in and, and says, you know, we're going to get him up in that range of 25-plus carries to really balance that out. And then going off of the play action, Jared Goff, I mean, that is where he really does a lot of damage. He's top three in the NFL coming off the play action. He was saying last year. Uh, it's really tough when Gurley runs, 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 and you got to respect that because he's getting big chunks. Uh, so I, I do think that's the key to this game as far as you're looking at that defense. And you talked about the deep ball going over the top. Um, and that's what sets it up is, is just a bite for that one second on Todd Gurley to go over the top. So I, I agree with you. I think that would be the smartest thing to do. But again, Sean McVay has his own way of seeing things. And sometimes it's almost like when you see the obvious, he sees something behind it. And we'll have to really find out and see what happens on Sunday. 
I think the Packers cover but lose. I think it's one of those like 30, very similar to the Seahawks game, 35-31 type games. Um, I, you know, I, I've seen the like, oh, the Rams are going to put up 60 on the Packers. I just, I don't see that. <laughs> I don't see that. I think, um, right. for, first of all, that that's just like not a thing that happens in the NFL. Um, but I also just think I have too much respect for Mike Patton and the adjustments that I think he can make. And the, and frankly, the talent on this defense, um, you know, to, to predict anything like that. So I think the Packers cover, but lose, I think 35, 31, 38, 35, something like that. I think it's going to be a really compelling game. Um, but from your perspective, um, you know, the Rams have been playing well all season, obviously, um, they, they got a game from the Vikings, uh, against a team that can really score, they got a game against the Seahawks, against a team that really had struggled to score most of the year. Right. Um, it does seem like, despite the record, this might be the biggest test the Rams have faced to this point. The, the Chargers, you know, you really got a sloppy Chargers team um, at that point in the season. If that game were played this Sunday, it might look a lot different. Um, from your perspective, just build me a roadmap for how you would see this game going if the Packers were to win and then build me what you think is the roadmap for what actually happens. Yeah, for roadmap for uh, Packers, I think it goes with just what we talked about early, keeping the Rams offense off the field. I mean, that is the, the most dangerous part about this team right now. So if there's a way that you can get really long extended drives Uh, take care of the ball because we saw the turnover battle the Rams do extremely well I mean most teams do when they win the turnover battle but this year has been a a true case to that I mean last week with four turnovers for the Rams the the Niners never really had a shot so when you're on the road take care of the football um, run the ball so you can really eat up some of that clock and then score touchdowns because as we talked about earlier in the game it's something that the Rams struggled a little bit with last week so if you can trade touchdowns for field goals I think that's going to be a big part of of a roadmap to get a win. Um, what I think is going to happen, I think a little bit more speaking to what you talked about, I don't think the Rams uh, cover the spread here just because I think Aaron Rodgers is one of those tough guys that he's never – I mean, when he's down 20 with you know three minutes left, he could put up 14 points in a hurry and, and cover that spread uh, and come back. He's one of those guys that you just never want to turn your back on even when you're up 10 points. Uh, so I don't think they cover because I think Aaron Rodgers will continue to fight. Uh, but I think the Rams do, uh, as we talked about those turnovers, they're coming off a really hot defensive performance. I think that's going to really encourage them in this game. Uh, we thought that's what we were going to see every game from this defense and when we signed all those big names in the offseason. Obviously, Tlaib won't be playing. He's still injured. Uh, but guys like Troy Hill stepped up. Sam Shield, seeing his old teammate, we're hoping that he gets a little extra boost, and hopefully we'll see him out there a little bit more. Uh, Wade Phillips talked about using him on third down situations. He's a little bit better in the pass game uh, when it comes to longer situations than first and second down. Uh, but I think that's what happens is is Todd Gurley goes with that 25 carries that we talked about, really eats up some clock um, and and gets in the end zone. And then Jared Goff can extend – uh, those passes downfield and, and work on some of that secondary that you mentioned is a little banged up. So uh, that's the roadmap for us. That's kind of how I see it going. I think this is going to be a huge win for the Rams as far as kind of just that extra confidence boost. You talked about uh, the games that we've played and, and the Vikings played us really good and the Seahawks are coming into town not too far, but we have Drew Brees right around the corner. I know Sean McVay's not looking that way, but we are as fans and as media here. And 
And a game like this against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers is just it's a mental boost. It's the Packers. You got the Packers to beat. We've heard them their name in, in national and Super Bowl talk for a long time. So to, to knock off a team like that in the NFC will really be a big boost for this team moving forward in the season and really into the next handful of games. I know you guys have a bunch of road games coming up. I think it's four of the next five or something like that against some really good teams as well. Uh, so the same could be said for you guys. Really a good start on the road. Uh, but that's kind of what I see happening in this game. But again, that's that's why we play on Sundays, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I was looking at the schedule. It's it's Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes in the next four weeks for the Rams. So, <laughs> right. right. Um, I think you can make the case the most important stretch of games to this point in Sean McVay's career as a head coach in L.A. and and, okay. and potentially this week. I mean, you mentioned the prestige of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think you could make the case this game to start this stretch is the most important game um, that the Rams have had probably since the playoff game, right? Oh, oh, by far. Yeah, this was this was really fun. Uh, uh, hopefully we will get to talk again uh, in the playoffs. I think that would be a lot of fun. And probably if we do, it'll be in L.A. again. So uh, the, the Rams will, will have that advantage. And, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. It's going to be fun. All right. Take it easy. You too. All right, that'll do it for this Wednesday edition of Locked on Packers, our crossover Wednesday edition. Thanks again to Brad Bear Motter. I just love it. I love to say Bear. That's a great nickname. I wish I had a nickname that cool, but we saw George Costanza showed us how that goes. When you try and pick a nickname, it's not going to go over well. We're going to be back tomorrow with our scouting report of the Rams. I think part of it was laid out there today. But we're going to get into more injury news. Hopefully, Rodgers will have practice today. Um, he, he did address the media on Tuesday and just let everyone know he's going to go through this process. He's going to take the brace off when he feels ready to take the brace off. Hasn't had an MRI on that knee yet, but should relatively soon. And he's basically getting close. And we shouldn't be that concerned about his not practicing on Tuesday because it's like a Wednesday when he gave Jimmy Graham off, when he had given Rodgers off, and then Thursday, the padded practice. Those guys had practiced. That's basically what Tuesday was. I know this is getting confusing, but it was a Wednesday practice day, but a Tuesday literal day. And so now Wednesday is Thursday practice day. Did you follow all of that? I hope so. And if you didn't, just check out my Twitter feed. I'm always talking about what's going on with injuries at Peter underscore Bukowski. Tweeting out with the podcast at Locked on Packers. Remember, you can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribing so you never miss a show with Locked on Packers. And don't just listen to the show. Be a part of it. And hit us up at the Locked on Packers fan hotline. That's 920-341-3775 to let me know and let everyone else know how you are staying Locked on Packers.